Um, the title of my message tonight is, I think it's End Time Solutions. End Time Solutions. I've forgotten already. It's been one of those days. Praise God. End Time Solutions. There it is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of memes and I'm, I'm kind of glad to be banned from Facebook, if I was honest with you, and banned from Twitter and banned from Instagram. Because it's amazing, those things are vortexes and they can... But uh, my wife showed me one the other day where, you know, someone's like, you know, written on the back of their truck that the rapture's coming and just, you know, keep looking up, the rapture is coming. And so let me just kind of explain because people always say, hey, pastor, how come you don't teach on a rapture? What, what are you, a pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? What, what kind of rapture, kind of rapture theology you got there, pastor? And so I don't want to upset anybody, but if you're a pre-trib, that's awesome. Uh, let's, let's say pre-trib happens. I'm actually going to ask if I can come back for real. Like miss all, all the fun. Are you serious? The antichrist ransacking, like going nuts. Going, I, I want to be here. Like what's the worst thing they can do? Behead me? Like what, what's the worst thing they can do? Or, or they could, they could kill you. What part of whoever believes in me even if he dies, yet shall he live. Your last breath hears you. What? I, I, I actually, I, you know, I know I'm going to kind of pop some balloons tonight, but I, I, I don't think pre-trib. I'm just saying. I don't want them to get hurt, but they won't get hurt, Jesus. They'll, they can't die. Remember, that's what, oh, yeah. I mean, anyway, so, so just... The rapture. Let me tell you this, that, that, that when Jesus comes back, his church, his bride won't be hiding in a cave. Won't be, she, won't be, she won't be hiding in a cave. She won't be cowering in fear. The Bible says, so let's go there, Joel 2, 28. Now, the apostle Peter quotes this in Acts 2, 17. In Joel 2, 28, it, says, it shall come to pass afterward. It shall come to pass afterward. Joel is prophesying about end time events. And then it says this, and, and as when all these things happen, after this, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In, in Acts 2.17, the apostle Peter says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So, so Joel here is writing about the last days. It doesn't say in the last days, the Antichrist, the, the one world government, the new world order, a great reset is going to go. It's going to be like, it's going to be really difficult. And I'm not sure if we're going to make it. And if you can move to like, if you can move to like Texas, like even though it's going to be, says in the last days, I want you to know the last days don't, don't kind of catch God by surprise. The Bible says that God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. And He knows the beginning of a thing from the end. The way that God does things, He goes all the way to the end. Your, your Bible already has the end written. And you know it has the end written because it writes about the end in a past context. Revelation eleven fifteen. 15 
says, and the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That doesn't sound like a church hiding in a cave. That doesn't sound like a bride cowering in defeat. The, the problem that I have with a lot of the rapture teaching is it, it postures people for, is you, let's just give up on the world and just give up. And hey, you know, you, you, you can go online right now to TBN and you can get your, you can get your survival rapture back. You, it's, got, it's got a butane heater. It's got, it's got, for an extra $200, it comes with blankets. It comes with, with you know, food. It's inedible, but you know, if you need it, you know, it, it's like got that UHT life on it. And the, the church that Jesus is coming back to will not wane in power. In the last days, I will do something supernatural. In the last days, God says, whatever is happening out there, I'm going to match it because I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Jesus said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because you're going to receive power. You'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Even to the end of the age, Jesus is with his church to the end of the age. I'm going out swinging. I'm going out fighting. I'm going out flipping tables. I'm going out pulling down principalities and powers. We are going out planting churches. We're going out taking territory. We're going out buying buildings. We're going out teaching our people how to prosper. We're going out breaking churches. We're going out loosing cords. We're going out defeating addictions. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Man, I've been dreaming a lot of dreams lately. What's that saying about me? But it also says your young men will see visions. I've still got some visions happening. So I kind of feel like I'm in the in-between. Let me, let me just say this, you know, there's a, there's a song, case Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future is not yours and mine to see or something stupid. <laughs> we don't believe in case Sarah, Sarah. There, there, there is a saying that, uh, you know, the future is not certain, tomorrow is not a guarantee. You'll hear people say, well, you know, the future is not certain, tomorrow is not a guarantee. I'm not sure if I believe that. Because the Bible says, that you guys, that we, the church, are, are architects of the future. Like my point number one is, is we are architects of the future. Because what, 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 watch this, every single one of these things that the Holy Ghost does is about the future. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. Dreamers create the future. Dreamers create the future. Everything that you're experiencing was first dreamed by a futurist. In 1903, they did a survey, what do people need to, to help with travel? This survey was done by Henry Ford and the number one answer that came back was faster horses. But Henry Ford didn't give them faster horses because 
he was able to escape their, their, their limited paradigm and he was able to dream of a combustion engine. He was able to dream of, of a thing called a motor car that could travel what they called horsepower, that could travel like you had 16 horses tied to the front of it. it rather than faster horses, he invented the motor car, the, the, the T-model Ford, and changed the landscape. In 1905, right around the same time, Wilbur and Orville Wright had bicycle mechanics began to dream as they began to, 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 to see that Newton's laws of for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When, when they looked at the, the laws of, of thermodynamics and they looked at the laws of lift, there was a law that they discovered that was here since God created the earth. We, we, were, we were stuck on the ground by gravity, but, but, but they, they discovered that, that if, if you can accelerate something and air passes over, if you can create a bend and air passes over, it'll actually cause that thing to rise and lift. And they flew 153 feet on their first flight. It made page 19 in the newspaper because the, the, the journalist who wrote the article said, you know, yeah, but what a joke. If man was meant to fly, God would have given him wings. People couldn't see, but thank God for dreamers. Thank God for two bicycle mechanics, because we can now fly all over the world. You can go vacation in Italy. You can go to Paris. You can go to London. You can go to New. You can go all over the world because two people dream. Dreamers create the future. Dreamers create the future. Walt Disney says, "If you can dream it, you can achieve it." This is a house. That comes under attack, the devil hates this house. He he wishes that we would just kind of genuflect and just kind of curtsy. But in this house, when you come in, it's gonna unsettle you. I don't like this church. Like I just want to be poor. If you're poor, you can like, you know, you you depend upon God. Well, I'm not even sure if I believe that. Because I see, keep hearing people say poor people are dependent upon God, but then I see them lining up at food kitchens. Well, which one is it? I'm telling you, I know rich people, they're dependent upon God. They're believing. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall live by struggle. Faith means you're believing for something. You should always be believing for something. You should always be pressing into something. In this house, we want you to flourish. In this house, we want you to dream dreams. In this house, we want to awaken that, that dream mechanism on the inside. It's very interesting. A lot of people stop dreaming because of loss, because of pain. They went through a divorce or they, 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 they launched out, they started a business and the business failed. And because of the devastation, the humiliation of, you know, the, the, the people coming to, to take the office furniture out and, the, the repossess, you know, everything repossess and the trauma, the humiliation, the shame, they shut down that mechanism. It's very interesting, the word trauma comes from, from the German word Traum, which means dream. And there's a lot of people, their dream mechanism, the Trauma, Traum, dream is shut down because of what they went through. That's why Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to heal the brokenhearted, 
to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Because when you come into a house where the anointing is flowing, the first thing you hear is a gospel that God wants and, and do great things and He wants to do great things and He wants to renew great things and your best days aren't behind you. Your best days are still in front of you. But the first blockage is often our hearts. The first blockage is often, no, no, you don't understand. That's too painful. I've had too many miscarriages and now you now you've got a, a pregnancy. No, we, we, we can't. And, and but, but God wants to unlock and heal that trauma and get you to believe for the impossible, get you to launch out again, get you to start again, get you to go for it again. Dreamers create the future. Visionaries engineer the future. Dr. Matt is a visionary. I, I remember when this was a shell, walking it with Dr. Matt. He's got things mapped out. We were meant to have a full basketball court, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother. Don't, don't mention it to Dr. Matt. Don't mention it. I didn't, I didn't mention it. I got away with it. I don't think, no, I did. Oh, whoops. Okay. Anyway, there's going to be an awkward, but basketball court, youth, kids, the best kids, the best kids slides, foyer, outdoor court, 1,200 seat sanctuary, big screen. Dr. As he, he's a visionary. You know, people saying, hey, you should sell Bressy because, you know, it's 2020. No, no, we're going to keep Bressy. We'll fill Bressy again. We'll fill this again. The lives are going to be changed. Visionaries create the future, but watch this. Prophesiers invade the future. Prophesiers invade the future. Whenever you prophesy, so, so don't, 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 don't buy into the lie, well, the future's uncertain and, and nobody, no, 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 you, you, you are called to invade the future. A vision, a vision is a postcard from your future self that you've sent back. When we came to San Diego, if I was honest with you, I got on a plane, just, I, I was happy if we could just have one church in one location with some people. That was like, that would be awesome. And then the Holy Spirit gives me a vision of a baseball diamond. And I'm like, you want me to like be a chaplain for like, I don't know, like the Padre? Like, he's like, no, that's San Diego. I'm like, what? He goes, one church, four locations. He goes, I never want, I want you to plant locations so that nobody's more than 20 minutes drive from a life-giving church. And so I had, a, I had a vision. And as I closed my eyes, I could see the locations. What it was, was God had reached into my future and then sent a postcard back to my present self saying, this is what the future looks like. And then once we were starting to hit that, that, that four, we were in Phoenix, Arizona. And we went up onto Prayer Mountain. And as I got up onto Prayer Mountain, God says, well done. Now it's going to be 16 campuses. 16 campuses. You're going to continue to, to, to branch out. And so I began to see 16 campuses. But vision, God wants you to live with vision. God wants you to live, well, what if Jesus comes back? Well, then he's going to come back finding me doing what I ought to be doing. He's going to come back. He's going to split the sky and say, well done, good and faithful. So you were working right up to the last minute. You were taking ground. You were pressing ahead. You, you were taking buildings. You were raising leaders. You were getting souls saved. You were making disciples. But I'll tell you where he won't find me is hiding in a cave. Now, how many people know that the, the church is the bride of Christ? The church is the bride of Christ. If, if, you said to, if you said to Pastor Jesse Sullivan, Jesse, thinking of getting married, Jesse would be all for it. He, he's been married to beautiful Cat. Cat just celebrated her birthday. 
23. She's amazing. But if you said, if you said to, to Jesse, listen, I found this woman living in a cave. Found me a cave woman. Think I'll marry her. Jesse's going to slap you around. Let me tell you, Jesus isn't coming back for no cave woman. He's not coming back for a woman who's been living like she's been eating nothing but baked beans in a cave. He ain't coming back for that. He's coming back for a victorious, glorious, without spot, without wrinkle, bride, brighter than the noonday sun, dazzling in a beauty and a splendor. That's what Jesus is coming back for. So we're called to be architects of the future. The, the reason that, that prophesiers are, are people that, that are future invaders is because every time you prophesy, you shoot an arrow into a day not yet. You shoot an arrow into a day not yet. Go to this scripture, 1 Kings 17 verse 1. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. This is about Elijah. It says, And Elijah the Tishbites of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab the king, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there will not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Except at my word. It can sound really audacious. People will give you a hard time when you come to awaken, oh, that awakened church is quite audacious. I, know, I think they're presumptuous. On, you know, like they prophesy things and how do you even know it's going to happen? And, you know, and they're always believing it. They always believe. Why can't I just be happy? And everybody's good. Have you noticed everyone's good looking? And so, so, so. <laughs> it sounds audacious. This guy just, he, this is the, the introduction. There's no mention of Elijah prior to this. He just, he just bursts onto the scene. He walks into the palace. There's Ahab sitting on his throne. He's the anointed king over Israel. He may be anointed and he may be king, but somebody else has power. Because Elijah walks in and he says to him, let me tell you something, king. There's not going to be any moisture. There'll be no rain. There'll be no moisture. There won't be any dew on the ground all these years, except if I say so. And he turns around and walks out. And the king is like, what the heck just? The next verse says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying. Then the word of the Lord came to him. The reason the word of the Lord came to him saying is because he had made an alignment with the word of God. Can I just tell you that, that the devil fears the most a church that will not waver from this. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the, the longer I do this thing, the more I love this, the more I'm determined to preach this, the more I'm determined I, will, I won't curtsy, I won't bow my knee. We get attacked by the devil, we get attacked by, by Cain, we get attacked by brothers, we get attacked by other, other Christians. And other, but I, I will not back down from this. You know why? Because this has power. When Elijah says, there will be no dew nor rain these years except at my word, the reason he can say that is because he says, my word is his words. When your words are God's words, you have power. 
You have power. I don't fear evil. I don't fear what the devil's doing because I know that my, my life is congruent with the Word of God. I know I'm not preaching woke theology. I'm not preaching wish-washy. I'm not preaching social justice reform. I'm preaching the, excuse me, the living Word of God. <coughs> preaching the Bible. I refuse to back up on from what the Bible says. Culture is not going to, well, you know, you shouldn't preach on that. Well, you know, times are changing. No, no, the, the, the Word of God is unchanging. It is the unchanging truth. It is the everlasting. It is the infallible. It is the living, breathing Word of God. This Word in your mouth is as powerful as this Word in God's mouth because it's God's Word. God's Word has power. And when you, when you align yourself like Elijah did, and he says, let me tell you, there'll be no dew nor rain except in my word. He can say that because he knows that his words aren't his words alone. They're God's words. That's why the word of the Lord keeps coming to him. God always looks, the God gives seed to a sower. Seed is also the word of God. Matthew 13. And because because he's preaching the Word of God, because he's so, words are gonna come. The words that'll unlock, words that'll bring. The amount of people we prophesy, they couldn't have babies. The doctor said this and we prophesy and now there's a baby in their womb. The amount of people that have walked in and the doctor said, terminal, it's game over, get your affairs in order. And we said, it ain't terminal, it ain't game over. That tumor is shrinking, that tumor is disappearing. You will not die, you will live and they're alive and living and there's no sign of cancer. I want you to know we're a church that refuses to back up from the Word of God because we know that when we can grow with the Word of God, there is a power that unlocks the heavens. There is a power that shifts things in the heavenly realms. I remember being in New Zealand and this was all, I just had a passion for the Word of God. It was a Sunday and I'm worship leading and we had this beautiful man who was the worship leader. And uh, he was sitting over here in the balcony and he had five kids and they were, they were all under 10 years of age. And the, he, had, he had so much cancer through his body that was in all of his lymph nodes and he was just kind of slumped over the, over the railing. And I remember the doctors are saying he's got maybe six weeks to live. And as I'm worship leading, the, the, the anointing fell and God says, call him over and prophesy over him. And so I said, Mark, would you come? And he came and he stood in front of me and I'm playing the guitar and I'm thinking, you know, I wonder what the word, word is. And God says, prophesy and tell him, you will live. You will not die. You will live. You will not die. And I'm like, God, I just like finished Bible college, got married to my beautiful Leanne. She's pregnant with little baby Geordie. And I don't want to lose my job for being a false prophet. It's like, you won't be a false prophet. I'm like, God, just the doctors have said, the medical experts have said, look at him. He doesn't look well. And God said, don't look at him. And let me tell you, the doctors are not the final authority. They are a authority, but they're not the final authority. <laughs> Prophesy. And say to him, you will live, you will not die. So stop playing. And I said, you will live, you will not die. And the second time I said it, I'm telling you, I felt like a bolt of electricity go through me. I said, you will live. And as I said that, he goes flying through the air, lands on his back. And he was just began to shake under the power of God. He was out there 
for the rest of the worship. He was out there for the offerings and announcements. He was out for the song before the preach. He was out for the entire preach. He was out for the altar call. People had to get saved, you know, kind of go around him. And he was just laying there. And then at the end of the service, the ashes are coming over. What do we do? I might just leave him. God's touching him. He's still alive today. Not one trace of cancer in his body. You know what the devil wants? He wants a church to back up from this. He wants you to back up from this. But when a, when a human being makes the word of God, when his word becomes your word, you have power. You have power over kings. You have power over the elements. You have power over forces. You have power that Jesus, I'm going to give you authority over all the power of the enemy. We don't have to fear the devil. We've got authority over all the power of the enemy. Can somebody say amen? Second point is seers. Seers. When, 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 when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll make you a visionary. You begin to see. You begin to see. I remember a friend of mine in Australia was, was going into this, this, this big business deal. And he was telling me about, oh, I'm going to make so much money. It's this big business deal. I've seen the contract. You know, we're going to be signing. And that, that night I had, a, I had a dream. And in the dream I saw my friend and he's walking along and he's got this giant python wrapped around him. And I said to my friend, dude, you, what are you doing? You've you got a giant snake around you. He goes, oh, it's all right. It's a friendly snake. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, he goes, no, 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 it's completely fine. It's harmless. It's a friendly snake. And as he turned his back, I watched the, the snake. It looked at me and smiled. At, true story. And then it goes like this and it goes and bit him on top of the head. And I woke up. And so I called my friend and I said, don't sign. Don't sign. He's like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm going to make all this money. I said, no, you don't understand. God gave me a vision. God gave me a dream. Don't sign. He signed anyway because he couldn't let go of the potential 10 million or 12 million, whatever it was he was going to make in this deal. Instead of him making 12 million, the $5 million estate that he had, everything was taken because the guy that he went into partnership with did not disclose his bankruptcies and all of his debts. And so as soon as he signed the deal and went into partnership, they came after him and the creditors took everything. They took his home, they took his cars, they took his, they emptied his bank accounts. He lost everything because he wouldn't let, I'm telling you, when you come into the Holy Ghost, he is your helper. He will keep you out of trouble. He will keep you, he'll give you warnings. He knows the end of a thing from the beginning. He's a discerner of hearts he can show you who you're going into partnership show you who you're going into business with he'll make you a seer and the last one point number three is dream dreams I, I really like that the amount of people that have come into the house of God and they've stopped dreaming stop dreaming I, I think that you're only old if you've stopped dreaming your old men shall dream dreams you know the greatest way to know if somebody's still young they're dreaming. You ought to keep dreaming. You ought to keep dreaming. Man, I'm dreaming of going away with all my kids. I'm dreaming of a honeymoon. I'm dreaming of a second honeymoon. I'm dreaming of a new home. I'm dreaming of doing something awesome on the mission. I'm dreaming of writing my biggest check for vision builders. I'm dreaming. 
awakened new days. That's what dreaming is. It's an awakening of new days. The greatest dreams are the ones that you have when you're awake. The greatest dreams that you have are the ones where you have when you're awake. Can I tell you, tonight, if, if I was to dumb it all down into, into one word, it's invade the future. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is upon you and it gives you power to invade the future. You don't have to wait for the future to happen to you. You don't have to hope that the future will be kind to you. You can know, you can know, because if you shoot enough arrows into your day, do you know the Bible says, Romans 4, 17, that God speaks those things that are not as though they are. Just begin to, the Bible says, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Just begin to say, my marriage is going to be the best it's ever been. My finances are going to be healthy. My, my bank balance is going to be overflowing. I'm going to be prosperous. I'm going to own a home in San Diego. I don't have to move to another state to own a home. I'm going to own a home here. I'm going to flourish. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to increase. I'm going to minister. I'm going to see my friends saved, my family saved, my mother saved, my father saved, my brother saved, my sister saved. I'm going to be an impact in the community. God is going to use me mightily. God is going to begin to, to prophesy, begin to shoot words into your future. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Don't let death, don't say, well, it's hopeless. Oh, it's so difficult. All the doctors have said, begin to prophesy. Begin to invade the future. Begin to invade the future. Let the Holy Ghost come upon you and begin to dream. Close your eyes and see. Close your eyes and see the future that God has for you. Let, let the Holy Ghost fall upon you and let Him awaken a new chapter and a new day. If there are people here tonight and you're saying, man, that's me, I need, to, I need to awaken. In fact, I hear the Holy Spirit saying that He wants to deal with some trauma. There's some people here and because of the pain of the loss, it's, it's, it's kind of put a, a blockage on you to stop you from stepping out and dreaming again. I want to pray for you tonight. God wants to unlock you tonight. This is a house of healing. The Bible says that you know everywhere Jesus went, God anointed Him, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing healing all who are oppressed of the devil. The devil is a future thief. The devil is a dream thief. He wants to take your dream and replace it with a nightmare. He wants to steal visions and he wants to cast back horrible scripts. You don't need to live under a horrible script. You don't need to live un under the, the, the lies of the devil. You can begin to live under the anointing of God. You can begin to live under the power of God. You can begin to take this word, put it in your mouth, and shoot it into a day not yet. Shoot it in a day not yet. Who are those ones that God's speaking to? Just stand to your feet. Lift your hands high to heaven. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.